You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. I'm so glad you've joined me today. And if you would, be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. And then be sure to like us. Hit that thumbs up button. That helps us to be put before more people. And then if you haven't already, go to my website, myfaithroots.com, and there's a printed email that comes to you every day, a devotion that reflects everything that we're teaching here in the podcast. All right, let's get back to our text, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, New King James Version. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the fruit, the good things that happen out of us and come from us, they are coming through our newly created human spirit. Listen to what Jesus had to say about it in the Gospel of John, starting in chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bring forth more fruit, or may bear more fruit. You are already clean, or pruned, because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me... And I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now, the idea that Jesus is getting across to us here is that the branches are where the fruit is born. The the fruit doesn't come off the trunk of the tree. Jesus said, I am the trunk. So the fruit's not coming off the trunk. Now, make no mistake, the fruit is coming because of the trunk, because the branches that are not connected to the trunk don't bear anything. But it is on the branch where the fruit comes out. And so what God is saying by this illustration is that He works to use us to bring blessing to people by changing us inwardly. It is because we have been given a new spirit. We have things in us that are going to be a blessing to other people. And we now have a nature to bear fruit. There is a mistaken idea in the body of Christ that God uses us in spite of the fact that we are still awful sinners. And I'm going to tell you, it's not true. You are no longer a sinner by nature in your heart when you received Christ. I don't believe in this dual nature. A lot of people talk about that. We do not have a dual nature. You are a believer with the life of God in you. You may still commit an act of sin, But that doesn't mean that you have the sin nature down deep in your heart. 
You once had that, but you're learning how to overcome that. That is putting your body under. And remember, I have said this. We have three missions, three missions in this series. Number one, we feed our spirit. Number two, we renew our minds. And number three, we control our bodies. If you can't control your body, if you don't control your body, you will commit sin. It's just that simple. But you have the power to do something about it. But you have to feed your spirit. Your spirit needs strength. You can't go without food. Feed your spirit, renew your mind, control your body. That's what you've been called to do. We bear fruit in accordance with our new nature. You know, the half-brother of Jesus, the apostle of James, confirms this. He asks this question. He's talking to people who are not walking in the fullness of God's obedience. And he asks this question, James 3.12, Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Now, he's saying that if you have been born again, you are supposed to bear the right fruit. He's saying that we are doing these things because we have the nature to do these things. And he is saying that we are going against our new natures by not obeying God. Now that's important. That's what James is saying. He's not saying you're still an old sinner. He is saying that you're defying your nature. You have a new nature. Walk in it. Learn to let that nature dominate you. That's what he's teaching. The idea is that the wrong fruit is not in keeping with our new nature. So you can bring forth the wrong fruit, but you shouldn't. And that's what James is saying in chapter 3. Therefore, I have to adjust my thinking about my new spirit. And I have to constantly remind myself of what Christ has done in us. And, you know, I, I know where people are coming from on this. They, they do it because they want to be humble. They want to be careful. They, they don't want to boast. And we're not boasting but in the Lord. We're not boasting in ourselves. I am nothing. I tell the Lord that all the time. I'm nothing. I deserve nothing. I came from nothing. Everything that I am is because of Him, and I know that. I remind myself that I know where I come from. And all that is good in my life is because of the goodness that God has given to me. I didn't deserve a bit of it. But listen to what we are to do. This is Philemon 6, and I use the King James Version because I think it's very powerful. That the communication of your faith, what, what is spewing out of your spirit, the communication of your faith, may become effectual. We don't say effectual anymore. We say effective. May become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people that don't do this. There's a lot of people that never acknowledge the good things that are in them in Christ Jesus. And Paul said in Philemon 6, it's very clear. You can't miss it. He said, the way that your faith becomes more effective is that you begin to acknowledge everything. doesn't say that God did for you. He said everything that is in you in Christ Jesus. God put a lot of stuff in you. God put a lot of stuff in me. God put some amazing things in He put His love in me. Romans 5.5 5 says that the Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of God. Where? In our hearts. In other words, He works through us. 
Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. You can't go giving until you've received. I can be gentle. I can walk in love. I can help people. Why? Because God has helped me. I've experienced that. He's changed my heart. Oh, this is so very important. But a lot of people don't know it. This is the aim of the work of Christ. Let me read to you. What shall we say then? This is Romans 6.1. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus was, were baptized into his death? We died. My old man died. What did I die to? I died to sin. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him. What is your old man? That's not your dad. Uh, you know, when I was a young person, the, the way we talked about our dads, we said, my old man this, my old man that. Well, biblically, you have an old man, but it's not your dad. Biblically, your old man is your old spirit, and your old spirit was crucified with him. The spirit you were born with is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be done away with. That doesn't mean it ceases to exist. One translation said it might be destroyed. It means to be rendered ineffective. It no longer has the power to control you. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now listen to this. Verse 7, powerful verse. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So when you say, I am a sinner, I'm still a sinner by nature, and you think you're being humble when you say that, but actually you're defying the very thing that Christ said he came to do. The Apostle Paul said that that Christ came to free you from sin. Listen to verse 12, same chapter, uh, Romans chapter 6. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. You don't let it reign in your mortal body. That means that you have the power. You can do something about this. Why do we have the power? It's because we've been born again. Remember what God does? When God wants to fix a problem, He goes to the top. He goes to the authority. He goes to the power structure. Well, if God wants to fix the problem, the sin problem, man, He doesn't work on us from the outside. He works on us by going straight to the heart. That's why I told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So when we read that we are not to allow sin to reign in our mortal body, it is because we have that power. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now look at verse 14. This is a powerful verse. Memorize this one. Mark this in your Bible. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. I do not have to live a life of sin. I can be free from sin. I, I, that doesn't mean I'm going to reach a state where I'll never ever slip. I'm in a human body but I can stop it from being habitual in my life. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Now that's what Romans 6.14 says. But unfortunately, 
we've created a sin consciousness. And, and I'm going to deal with something today that, that I hear a lot today in the body of Christ. And it is based upon a misinterpretation of one word in the book of James. Here we go. James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so I know a lot of my brothers in Christ, and I love them, and I'm not mad at them. But they live with this idea that in order to be free, I have to continually confess my faults and my weaknesses. And uh, I have to go to my brothers and confess those faults. That word fault is not a word that could be translated weakness, especially in a moral sense. Uh, it, that word weakness or fault implies a character flaw, uh, especially in a moral sense. But that's not the word that's there. The Greek word in James 5.16 that is translated as fault is homardius. And, and I may have butchered the Greek there, and you Greek scholars forgive me. Um, it's more accurately translated as sin or trespass. And here's what W.E. Vines, New uh, Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, this is what it says. The acknowledgement of sin where one has wronged another or of the unburdening of a troubled conscience to a godly brother whose prayers will be efficacious or of open confession to the church. So there's nothing to suggest that we should maintain an ongoing confession of weakness. In other words, if I sin against my brother, of course I need to go to him. And I need to say, I sinned against you, and I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me. I do not get up publicly and tell the whole church, you know, I have a trouble with lying. I, I, my family was a group of liars, and I lied all the time. Let me tell you something. That will destroy the confidence of people in you. It will destroy the confidence of your own family in you. If you have sinned specifically, yes, by all means, confess that to the person to whom you sinned. But if you get up and continually talk about parts of your flesh, and of course we all have weaknesses in the flesh, but you don't overcome them by talking about them or by confessing them. You're aware of them. You're on guard against this. You may have a prayer partner that you call and say, hey, pray for me. I'm going through something right now. I just want to be accountable to someone. I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but you don't continually get up and say, you know, I've got this problem. I went to Bible school with a guy who used to, to think he was honoring God. By opening class, he would turn to the girls and say, you know, I, I have a problem with lust. I've been lusting after you. Can you imagine how that went over and what kind of an effect that had on that young lady and how she's being singled out in a classroom and embarrassed, humiliated? That doesn't do any good. He may have had a problem, but this is not a problem that he goes to the girl with. Uh, people, you know, you know, the thing of it is... I wouldn't allow people to come confess all their sins publicly as pastor of a church. It's not appropriate. Now, if I, as the pastor, had been caught in sin, yes, I do need to confess to the church. If I've got a leader, someone on our staff, our team, who has fallen into sin that is in a place of responsibility, yes, I would have them 
acknowledge what they did, and we would put them on a course of repentance. But I'm certainly not going to let everybody in the church get up and start talking about all the things that they are guilty of. That's not how you overcome. What did Philemon 6 say? And this is so very important. I pray you'll remember this. Listen, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You will get stronger not by confessing your weaknesses. You will get stronger by confessing what Christ put into you and the righteousness that he poured into your spirit and the strength that he gave. That's the stuff you need to be talking about. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we'll pick up with this uh, Monday morning. So don't miss that. That's our next podcast. So I want to thank you for joining me. Be sure to share this with somebody else and let somebody else know about our podcast. You can really help me out by doing that. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.